The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 78. Oh, yeah. Uh, seven, eight, nine. But hold on. <laughs> hold on. Don't get ahead of yourself. Shut up for a minute, because it's not just episode 78. It is the finale of season four as well. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. The fact that we break it into seasons and we're already done four of them, it's just wild to me. And it's even more wild that the second season was like, what, 27 episodes or something like that it was like impossibly long. Who lets us do this? And for this long? We do. And then people just happen to tag along. Well, thank you. Anyways, the hosts who forced you to tag along are Chris and... And Savannah. It better not be a hot tag, though. Uh, Well, if you got the momentum, why not? Yeah. That's what the hot tag's for. You got to bring the momentum. You're one of the hosts. You have to. All, all, all I'm thinking is, this is a music podcast. This is a music podcast. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you're going to have like a really hot opinion on one of the tracks and I got nothing left to say. So I tag you and you come and just kill it. I will never just kill it, but I appreciate the enthusiasm and the optimism. It's the last episode. I'm trying to be positive for everything. Yay. And we're doing my favorite band today. Yay. Yay. For the third time. Yay. Second, Second time. time. Second time. How to, destroy like third time. How to Destroy Angels had Trent uh, Reznor in it, but that's not technically right. Nine Inch Nails, even though it, it sounds like Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Yes. Anyways, welcome to the show today. We're dragging on a little bit as per usual, but you already know that if you've been here before, welcome to the show. We hope you have a good time uh, listening to music, talking about music, listening to us talk about music. Maybe that last part sucks a little bit, but at least you can be part of the discussion, though, because you can show your support in so many ways and you can be a part of it by liking, subscribing, rate, comment share follow i did that out of order as i usually do but you can do all those things so if you have any opinions on the albums that we do or just what we're doing how's our driving by all means let us know keep in the them comments. to yourself exactly. if you have opinions keep them to yourself one of us encourages it and the other one's just like no you, you can just go over right away <laughs> yeah i don't, I don't want to be uh i don't want to be proven wrong or uh or disagreed with so <laughs> but you're obviously here for a reason so please show us some show us some support so that way more people like you can find the podcast yes Yes. And we got a bunch of other things too. Like if you go to rate the record.ca that you can, you can do all that stuff over there. All of our social media links are over there for at rate the record podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All the streaming links are over there. Uh, you can do the album request link that's over there too. It's also down in the description, but go to rate the record.ca. Just do that. Request an album. We got season five coming up and we can do plenty more. And we're also doing an album giveaway, which you can find that link over there too. And it's this one right here, the <laughs> Arctic monkeys with, uh, whatever people say, and that's what I'm not. So boom, brand new button copy we have it on like bungle so please so hard to find uh it's impossible to find now if you're in canada the us uk or australia you can enter at rate the record.ca uh do all that see there's so much to do over there so go ahead check it out yeah what he said because he did such a good job that i have nothing to add you're too kind i did not do a good job i stumbled my way through that but just somehow found the finish line you threatened me before the show. You did such a good job. Good job. As if it's only this episode that I did that. <laughs> but I hey, was expecting that. 
but hey, if you uh, if if you do want to support the show and you don't want to, if you want to. You have it just in your heart there to do a little extra besides just doing all those things I listed. There is the financial option. It is completely optional, but it's sarahkofi.com slash rate the record. Another thing found at record, rate the record.ca. But regardless, join the RTR club five bucks a month. That'll get you access to bonus content. Uh, we might even expedite your request if you have one. So there you go. There's always that option too. Uh, we, we give you a shout out and everything. And if you got music that you want us to rank for some reason, by all means, we will do that. So. Check it out, kofi.com slash rate the record, RTR Club, five bucks a month, or you can do a one-time donation either or Regardless, go ahead. Take a look. Yeah. I, I got nothing. You 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 cover everything so thoroughly that I'm like, I don't even have any rebuttals. I'm like, yes, that makes sense. And it's funny because none of this is like really scripted. Like obviously I have the point of telling me what I have to say as I go through. Just like mention the website, mention Kofi. Yeah. I, there's no script though, so that's why I, I have to say as much as I can or else I'll just stumble. Do you ever find that in your day to day, you say a word that you say in all of that and that you just start to fall into just describing the podcast? Uh, sometimes, yeah, and it usually comes with literally describing the podcast. You know, like what, what I'm about to do, actually. Yeah. So a uh, great transition. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, if, yeah. So if you've been to this podcast before, you know that I usually describe the podcast in about 20 seconds or so. So you'll know what to expect. And you know, a music review usually follows that. So welcome bla- back. Glad you're here. Wow. That's a bit of a Freudian slip or something like that. Regardless, <laughs> glad you're here. Thank you. But if you're new here, uh, you're going to have to mind the mess. That is my language. Apparently welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy your stay. We hope that you uh, interact with uh, us, others, let us know your opinion on music, blah, 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 because that's kind of what we do here on the podcast for 78 episodes and four seasons. So that means you likely don't know what we do here on the podcast. So each week, Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely at random, just whatever the hell we want to do, like this week, for example. Maybe an album celebrating an anniversary, which we just did one of those uh, not too long ago, but I I can't even remember at this point. My brain's just fuzz. But we do uh, album anniversaries, and we also do plenty of requests, as I mentioned before. We did some this season. We got more coming next season. It's going to be fun. Regardless, we will take the album. We'll discuss it at length from front to back. We rank the songs, and then we rate Rate the record. record. That might have been most on point that I've ever been. (laughs) Oh, no. There was one episode when you, like, you nailed it almost, like, to the T. All right. On my end, that was a couple of seconds, like a second off. So there you go. You're not perfect. I blame I blame Jeff Bezos. <clears throat> Any particular reason or? I don't know. Something about technology, internet, my computer. Who knows our connection? Microphone. Something, something, Amazon, something I- bad. Uh, if you're listening on Amazon Music, by the way, please leave a comment and like on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't even know Amazon had music and I was listening to a podcast because my work uh, blocks out Spotify if I'm connected to their Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I downloaded Amazon music. I didn't even know they had one, but it worked perfectly. Put a VPN great. on your phone so that way you can use it. It should be fine. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I got nothing. I just Maybe no, don't, I don't use it. That's fine. But I didn't know Amazon Fair. had had a music service, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. Yes, and our podcast is on there. So there we go. We, we are a part of the big corporations. Nice. In one, in some way, shape, or form. Regardless, it's time to get into talking about today's episode, episode 78, as I reach over and grab the very fragile old used copy I have of this album. Today, it's episode not so 78. Fragile. No, it's not, and I wish it was, though. <laughs> That'd be a two-part episode. That's a fucking huge <laughs> album. 
Uh, but the, the this cover is very fragile because uh, it's got that big bend there, as you can Ooh. see. This is episode 78. We're taking a look at Nine Inch Nails and their 1989 debut album, Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. I'm holding it up in front of the camera for audio viewers. There's your, your asthma. Uh, yeah, like I bought this used at the flea market a long time ago, and I do not know why for the life of me I haven't bought a new copy yet. Yeah, they even have a remastered version out with like an extra track on it, but I still have a used original. The uh, it has no sleeve. The record's in terrible condition. <laughs> uh, so is this. So is the cover. Just for and looks. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this was the first record I ever bought, which made me like, go, oh. hey, I want to start collecting albums. Cool. So there's that. <laughs> I used to have it on CD or compact disc, but I don't have that anymore. So here's mine. It's invisible. I got nothing. I'm pretty sure I do have the CD in storage somewhere. Funny, uh, the, the cover of the CD is just off camera. Like you can see where the, the fly by night thing is over there. It's literally yep. like right next to just stretched out. <laughs> Actually, wait for video viewers. Wait, wait. There you go. There it is. You can kind of see that oh, okay. thing there. It's like this is like a fucking weather channel. I have to like learn to point. <laughs> Uh, I see the uh, the diagonal pink on it, so it's yes. you can kind of tell. And at the bottom is a blurry shirtless Trent Reznor. Ooh, heartthrob. Anyways, speaking kind of, of the heartthrob, we have to actually start talking about this uh, this album and this band and everything like that. Yes. So to those of you who know, we already kind of mentioned this is Nine Inch Nails' second appearance on the show. We first did Year Zero way back at the beginning of Season 2. So it's been quite, that was like January 2022. That's crazy to think about how yep. long ago that was. So with that said, uh, I'm not doing the full like Nine Inch Nails breakdown for the bi biography here. I'm going to hit some hot points and just mainly talk about today's album. So Nine Inch Nails is, is an industrial alternative rock band originally from Cleveland, Ohio, now based out of Los Angeles, California. Michael Trent Reznor played in a few bands in the 80s, including Option 30, The Innocent, and The Exotic Birds. The latter of those bands were managed by John Malm Jr. And when Trent left The Exotic Birds in 87, 88, Trent and John Malm would remain friends and he would go on to be Trent's manager. Trent began working on his own music around this time with influences such as The Clash, Ministry, Skinny Puppy, Public Enemy, Prince, Gary Newman, Depeche Mode, The Cure, and many, many, many more. My God, that list was infinite. Uh, also at this time, Trent worked as an assistant engineer and janitor at Right Track Studios based out of Cleveland, uh, Ohio. Studio owner Bart Coster allowed Trent to have free access to the studio equipment between bookings in order to record his own demos and also after hours too. Uh, through his inspiration of Prince, Trent decided that he wanted to play all the instruments himself, uh, at least on all the earlier recordings, except for drums which were electronically programmed. Nine Inch Nails would catch their first big break by opening for Skinny Puppy in 1988, which led to Trent signing with TVTU Records later that year. He would go on to record a nine-track demo entitled Purest Feeling, and that would be the first demo that he ever released, and most of that session of tracks would eventually be reworked for the 1989 studio debut album of today's pick. That being Pretty Hate Machine, it was released on October 20th, 1989 through TVT Records. It was recorded through multiple studios, including Blackwing and Roundhouse in London, The Right Track in Cleveland, Synchro Sound in Boston, and Unique Recording in New York City. The album was produced by Reznor himself, Flood, who has also worked with acts such as U2, Gary Newman, Ministry, and more. John Fryer, who has worked with Depeche Mode, This Mortal Coil, Swans, Cradle Felt, Him, and more. Keith LeBlanc, and Adrian Sherwood, who is known for remixing tracks for Depeche Mode, Pop Will Eat Itself, Skinny Puppy, and more. 
dang, you really got the uh, the influence and the influences resources. He he did. He wanted something of a dream team of producers for this album. And I don't know how he managed to score them all, but he sure did. <laughs> right. Um, so let's see here. The band and this album received much attention uh, and critical acclaim from fans and critics alike due to exposure from touring with bands such as Peter Murphy, the Jesus and Mary Chain, Guns N' Roses, and being one of the first inaugural bands at the first Lollapalooza Festival in 1991. This album hit number 75 on the Billboard 200 charts, number 67 on the UK albums charts, and it went three times platinum in the US, once in Argentina, and certified gold in the UK. The album got a perfect score by our decent and climbing back up their friends at all music. Really? Five out of five. They nailed it. And that's why I said the relationship's getting better now. (laughs) Um, Let's see. (laughs) Pun. Anyways. (laughs) 9.5 out of 10 by Pitchfork. 4.5 out of 5 on the Rolling Stone album guide. 4 out of 5 by Mojo, Q, Rolling Stone, and Sound, and many others, like many other reviews. As of 2020, it sits at number 453 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list, and I know that the Downward Spiral and the Fragile are also on there somewhere. The album officially has three singles, down in it, head like a hole, and sin. No, not terrible lie. Yeah, not right? terrible lie. Not something I, I can never have. Not sanctified. I didn't know terrible. I wasn't. I've heard that song so many times. Uh, it's definitely like a, a live staple. Like it's one of those things where if he doesn't play play it live, people riot. That oh, had like a yeah. whole march of the pigs hurt. Like yeah. there are ones you have to play live. Dang, I, that's surprising. But I mean, there's. There's been other albums that we reviewed that just the song that I've heard the most or the one that sounds like it'd be a single isn't. And it's just baffling to me. I'm like, this would succeed so well. But then again, maybe not having it as a single kind of makes it feel a little more, I don't know, exclusive, I guess. It's kind of like only the fans know about this one. Yeah, it's always weird when like the the B-sides or whatever happen to catch a lot of traction. You you never see that coming, especially like, the, the studios and labels who push forward singles and then that one's not as big as this particular track probably surprises the hell out of them too. Yeah, cool, cool. I like it. Uh, so last time we did Nine Inch Nails episode, it was over two and a half hours long. Oops, sorry. Uh, this one's not going to be two and a half hours long, I promise. <laughs> so let's get this kicked off now with song number one, the biggest staple on their fucking live catalog for sure, Head Like a Hole. The beginning sounds like animals escaping a zoo. Um, I'm not sure if there's sort of like a theme to some of like the industrial sounds, whether it's like, Oh, this represents this, or if it's like, Oh, this just sounded like a cool sound. But a lot of them I have like imagery with. So if that was the intention, it worked. It really worked. I mean, maybe who knows? Like obviously this isn't a concept album. Yeah. Uh, Being a trans first album, a lot of this album revolves around like love and heartbreak and all that kind of angsty ass stuff. You can definitely hear it in the lyrics. Uh, (laughs) But head likes a whole is just about greed and like, I'm not going to conform to you, you know, basic like edgy goth stuff out of the nineties or late eighties, I guess. That's true. And going into grunge, it's just like, you can't hold me down, dad. Yeah, I, I know guess, what I'm doing, Dad. Yeah, I guess like uh, "Louder Than Love" by Soundgarden. That was already out by this point. Thanks. So. Uh, Bleach, I think, already came out by this point too. So yeah, like grunge was the the seeds were there. So yeah, it was like this was the end of like the gothy nightclub scene and going into the the alt rock scene at this point. What a transition! Oh, 
I do like the sharp snare. It is definitely indicative of the time. Very early 90s, late 80s. Uh, there are times that I hate it, but when it in this context with the other stuff around it, I think it sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, it does. It has a like hollow drum sound. This is one of the drum sounds that actually sounds like it could be real, because mm-hmm. uh, like most of the album you I can tell. It it's was. Like most of the album, you could, like it, you can tell it's a programmed drum. I'm not certain about this one though. I can't be 100 percent certain because again, uh, I don't think anyone else did instrumentation on this album except for Trent, and he didn't do drums. So I can only assume it's programmed. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, this song has like a great sense of like building, like right in the beginning with like those percussion samples. I really like it. Super like dark 80s vibe. Gotta love it. Yeah. I mean, really just working the scene there, especially with some of his influences. Like, you know, like there's like Prince and like the, uh, not the Cure, that's a bad example, but like Prince and just some of the, like, I'm trying to think about like the other uh, like lighter names that I said, but regardless, just it's funny to hear like how you can kind of hear that incorporated into this, but like, trying to be a little edgier about it yeah uh young trend it's adorable (laughs) um (laughs) the verse seems like a little bare bones with only the synth bass but i mean it's still catchy though i mean just the the synth bass riff is like super catchy really like that yeah i like the explosion into the chorus and how it only serves half the chorus so it's like if the chorus is a four it's there for the first two the end two are just sort of the same as the verse uh music wise and it definitely adds sort of emphasis on that. And I like that because it comes in from it being a little quiet with, like you said, that that synth bass there comes in. It's like everything's there and then it sort of dies away. And I like that because even if you weren't paying attention to it, you're going to go, whoa, what, what was that? I like that. And, and at the very least, too, like uh, with the verse being a little quieter, it gives more emphasis on the vocals. And because like majority of people wouldn't have been used to Trent Reznor or Nine Channels or anything by this point. So it's like you get to hear the clarity in his voice. You get to hear him. So you have a good idea of what you're going into. And I, I like the sound of his young voice. Like, obviously, I'm more attuned with, like, you know, like the 90s and, like, later Trent Reznor stuff and everything like that. And now he's just, like, a grizzled old bastard. But, uh, yeah, like, we're talking about, like, fresh face. Like, how old he was, like, 23, 24 when he wrote these songs? Really? So he was a young lad. I mean, he was born in 65, so... Dang, that's like a Kevin Gilbert thing because the album we reviewed for him, he was, well, he was like mid-20s, but he did a whole bunch of shit before that. So I see a lot of parallels with sort of their story. The whole, I'm pretty sure I said this the last Nine Inch Nails episodes. You know what? Just go there. I ain't repeating myself. Yeah. And by then we hadn't even done the Kevin Gilbert episode. So that's pretty interesting too. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, what's to come? And then we, spoiler alert, found out what's to come. (laughs) Fair. Uh, yeah, but at the very least, Trent Reznor's still alive, too, so I'm happy about that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's okay. I got into him long after he passed away. Yeah, you weren't there for, like, the trauma that was, oh, he just passed, like, a day ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, So I guess we'll just immediately talk about the course now, because the course is fucking awesome. I mean, like, it yeah. is so memorable, so catchy, and... It's so hard for me to not want to incorporate the live version of this song into my score. I didn't, by the way, because obviously that wouldn't be fair. But I will say the live version of many of the songs on this album, including how like a whole are like superior, in my opinion, especially for some of the things they add or do or change. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. But like even on the album version, too, like this course is just so good. The pick and volume and layers are like 
when I say needed, it's not like the the verse was like sorely lacking, but it's just it's nice if everything feels fuller all of a sudden, so that's nice. Uh, and yeah, the course is kind of broken into two portions. You have like the head, like a whole portion, then the bow down before you when you serve portion. Yes, that's it. I don't know what I would consider that part, so I just considered part of the chorus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that, they're both insanely catchy, super cool, super singable. And I mean, this is a hell of an energetic and exciting track to not only start the album, but like quite literally the career. I know this was the second single, but still, like this is the over down in it. People will know what this one is. Yes um this this one did not feel five minutes long at all um it was entertaining enough that I spilled on myself <laughs> didn't even <laughs> didn't even care that it was uh five minutes the vocals sound very desperate and genuine and the harmonizing vocals over the last couple choruses <laughs> that close out the song sound great and it's enjoyable uh, I really like this as an album opener. I think it's fantastic and is definitely a strip club staple. I I guess I can see it. I think Terrible Lie would be like down in it. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of the songs on this album that would be like good strip club music. But it's like if you watch a movie and the then you get these bikers and they're going into a strip club and then they're listening to this because you know that after this that two gangs are going to meet and there's going to be gunfire and all that. That's all I'm picturing. It's like some sort of dingy strip club. I, I think the song, which we'll get to later, The Only Time is probably the better strip club song, especially with yeah. the way it starts. I'm drunk right now and I'm so in love with you. Like, that, and it, it starts in this like really kind of dirty, sexy way and everything like that. So I think that would just be the better strip club song. Eh, I'm thinking more beat, but my last point, 10 out of 10 danceable and a pair of six inch stilettos. Yeah, I guess I guess you would have a danceable score for at least some of the tracks on this album. Uh, almost all of them, if not all of them, yes. Uh, you get a 10 out of 10 danceable on something I can never have. <laughs> we'll see. Slowest we'll torque see. of your life. <laughs> oh my god, you're like, my back hurts. Can I stop, please? Yeah, even if, when I bend over to pick something up, it hurts. I'm, do, I'm twerking? This is even worse. <laughs> god. Uh, to tell you that I was in shape, it would just be a fucking terrible lie. Song number two, terrible lie. That was a good segue. Because we're um, old and it works. <laughs> for for this one, uh, hashtag steel mill vibes. True just, industrial sound, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely just pictured, you know, lead pipes just walking around hitting a bunch of stuff. So I like that. I think that's cool. I love the alter alternating vocals and two keyboard notes, pretty much making up the main riff idea. I think that is, I don't know, it, it kind of adds a musical punctuation to it. And I like that. It does, yeah, it gives like a good memorable punch because they, when, when Trent's singing, it's, it's like a lot quieter, obviously. You, just, you get these like small synth layers, obviously the drums are back there, but even the drums are pretty minimal too, like kick, snare kick snare like it's just that's all it is yeah the heavy hit synth hits are really cool too and occasionally although you can't really hear it in the album version but in the live version it's much more prominent uh he says hey god like on the hey god like oh the, really it, it's harder to hear on the album version because it's because the live version it's like yelled by the background guys but in like this one he's just kind of saying it interesting i didn't even hear that at all but yeah i love the industrial sound layering in the song like in the right in the beginning too just kind of immediately coming out of head like a hole because it transitions over uh in even in the minimal verse it's, it still sounds really cool too i like that really really cool uh i love the simplicity of the verses too like it doesn't need a whole lot and i kind of like 
I, I like the because the hits are the accents. They work really well. They're close enough together where it's like you're not waiting too long, but it's also not like overwhelming. Uh, but yeah, like just the simple vocal and drum, uh, drums match with like those aggressive two note hits. Just super cool. Love it. Uh, speaking of loving things, I love the bleep bloops in this song. They are so computers are new, gray and weigh 125 pounds. <laughs> it just it seems like, oh, this is this new cool thing. And it's just do, 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 do. And I'm like, oh, cool. I like that. Oh, the, the magic of synth sequencing. Yeah, I'm down for that. I love the sound. I did notice and well, not that I noticed, but end of the song, uh, there's like that little hiccup where the song kind of ends and then picks up in like an eighth note. I like that. It's kind of like you're walking, you kind of trip up a little bit and then you're walking again. Yeah. And yeah. it's just that being a purposeful choice is interesting, but it adds some sort of. Like, oh, did my, you know, did my uh, CD or record skip? And then you go back and you're like, oh, no, that's actually in the song. And it, it adds a lot more power and emphasis to certain parts, too. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Like, it, it feels purposeful and not just doing it to be loud or edgy yeah. all of a sudden. So I really do like that. And, yeah, I, I guess to kind of tag along with what you were saying about, like, the bleep bloops. Because yeah. uh, you hear it a lot in the chorus, obviously, because you have that <laughs> yeah. synth sequence going on and everything like that it gives it like a lot of character to the sound because everything else is kind of like just droning long in yeah. the, in the, the chorus, aside from Trent uh, singing terrible lies, singing the refrain. Uh, and he's also doing it like a, a, in the same style as the verse too. So you're still, you still have those hits in the chorus as well, but now you just got something more going on. So I, I like the incorporation of that. They blend together really well. It builds <laughs> into it really well. So it's a, like a lot of fun. Um, I, the first thing I thought of, though, is like, I wonder if this will piss Savannah off because the only thing you hear in the course is terrible lie. Um, it actually doesn't bother me. Good. Um, because it's not like repeated over and over. If you really just say it like once and then you let two bars of music go, it's like, OK, it's not that bad. But when it's just you say the say the title and then it's the end of that bar and you do it again and it's just like, OK, like. We get it. We get it. There's a difference between terrible eye, terrible eye, terrible, terrible eye, terrible eye. I'm like, oh, just terrible eye, terrible eye. Yeah. That's like like the ending of Video Killed the Radio Star. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, please get this away from me. But it having enough time in between, it kind of breathes a little more. And I like that. I found the ending was a little long, but it is an earworm. I'll take it. Um, I either end up humming uh mimicking or whistling the end of the song and like, i found like it the, the noisy synth part and everything like that yeah like the program stuff yeah 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 i love that so, I think it's great. speaking of that part um eight out of ten danceable during the main riff but during that part it slides down to a four out of ten as the song closes out oof I love that well, industrial you, tastiness of that fuck those synths. It's so good. Yeah, but how would you dance to that? Uh, just flailing around and fucking stomping. It's kind of like do, 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 do. kind of Let kind of do like that. throwing down, but not violent at all. I I look forward to watching this demonstration on Kofi. Thank you. <laughs> My legs don't work anymore. I can't do that shit. Are you kidding me? Too old exactly. That's why it's a four out of ten. <laughs> 
No, if my legs worked, I could. I would, but I mean, I'm, I'm too old. Like, if, if I, if I, I think I've injured my, the up. rotator on my hip because if I sit down or stand up awkwardly, I get a huge yeah. strain in that part of my hip. So, yeah. fuck getting old, okay? Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> I. Shit. You know when you're uh, when you're exercising and they like make you do like bicycles with your legs while you're laying on your back. Yeah. I can't do those because both of my hips click. I can't make a full rotation. So I definitely understand the leg problems. Oh, I, I actually remember doing those too. Where like I had to like ball my hands into like to a big fist, put it under my tailbone, and like lift my butt in the air, and then so do the kicks. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the idea is not to touch the ground when you're doing it. Like your butt can't touch the ground because that's what oh. kind of like activates your core. Yeah. Those were tough, but when I first started doing them, and that was back when I could, when I was like in my twenties and all spry and shit. I never could. I've never been in shape. Yay! Fantastic. <laughs> I tried in my 20s. I tried so hard and yep. I'm kind of trying now, but it's just, it's not there. Yep. Body or brain, whatever. I'll just let it rock. Uh, self-deprecation. I guess I'm just down in it, huh? <laughs> I I, we, I haven't done a lot of puns in a while, so I really got to do as much as I can. You almost destroyed your guitar there. I, well, I almost destroyed the top of my head. Uh, just rolling my eyes back so hard that my head tilted back because of all of these puns. The weight Although, of your eyeballs really pulled you down. <laughs> song number three, down in it. <laughs> not that bad. Uh, again, I adore this 80s, early 90s electronic drum sound. Uh, I really like the spoken vocals. It feels so intense but speaking of intensity the outro of rain rain go away to me makes it feel a little less intense i don't know i couldn't cheesy. tell you why he did i cannot yeah. tell you why he did that. it seems a little cheesy i wonder if he just threw it in as an ad lib and decided to keep it i don't know yeah. um because overall like it's funny because Trent rapping is probably a little controversial amongst Nine Chanel's fans but as far as i'm concerned is that um, what that is? It's rapping? He's rapping. Oh, I like it. Okay. Kind of like a cloud. I was way up in the sky and I was feeling some feelings you wouldn't believe. Sometimes. Anyway, uh, like, I, I actually like that. Because yeah. this was before like the style of rap that we even knew in like the late 90s, early 2000s and everything like that. Like this was like 80s style rap where it's yeah. like everything was just like kind of there on point, you know, like cool. it, it was just like a really cheap flow. But that was kind of the charm. of it. It's like, you know, when we did Beastie Boys. True. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, long fan time fans like myself, we, we tend to think it's like super charming to hear Trent do his rap, little 24 year old Trent. Uh, and it, it suited the time too. And again, public enemy was one of his influences as well. So, I mean, like he definitely enjoyed rap at the time, everything like that. And it would like, as far as I'm concerned, it's like the f first and maybe last time he's ever done it. Unless you include the song, uh, where is everybody off of the fragile where he kind of does it again, but a lot slower. But regardless, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of charm in it. I like it. I, I didn't even think it was rapping, and I like it Old either school. way. <laughs> I, yeah, I already liked it. Um, so what sounds like a crowd cheer in the chorus was a good choice. I like that. I don't know if that was sort of the idea or if it was just a sound that I assigned a crowd to. Either way, I like it. It sounds like, like a it. crowd. I get you. It's, it's kind of like somebody – it's like – um. Oh my God. I don't want to bring up Marilyn Manson, but it's one of his videos that I, he's standing at a podium and that's what I picture is like Trent standing at a podium singing this. And then you get the whole crowd just cheering at him. Like he's at a rally. 
Well, it's like hard it. to bring up a Nine Inch Nails album without talking about Marilyn Manson at some point because, I mean, those who were interconnected for a good handful of years, not at this point. I don't even think Brian Warner was doing anything at this point, but I mean, yeah. he was on his way at the very least, but still, like, of course that's going to come up. I think I know what you're talking about, too. There was a few videos that he did with crowds, but I'm, I'm thinking of, like, yeah. Coma, White, or Black. I can't remember which one it is, but he was essentially JFK and got assassinated in the car. Ooh, maybe that. I don't know. If but there was tons good. of crowd around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he did a few I things like, like that. Um, yeah, actually, I, I think the flow is actually a lot of fun and it really works really well here. So I definitely no hate on his rapping at all, even though it is it can be a little cheesy. But again, that's where the charm is, though. I do enjoy it. It's not so bad. And maybe that's just me being biased because I've heard the song for years and years and years. But I mean, it's whatever it is, what it is. Uh, and he's not he's not the world's best rapper. So what do you expect? Yeah. Um, yeah, three choruses so far heard on this album, obviously, like with the three songs that we've had. And like, d- damn, they're all so on point, so catchy, so fun. Like, man, this, t- I guess that's the benefit, like, not that he can't do it himself, but the benefit of having all these producers that probably kind of helped him along, too. So, like, it's here. Like, the radio playability is here. Oh, hell yeah. I, uh, just two more points. Um, now I just assume, I could be wrong, uh, that you don't watch uh tiktokers who dance not really i know there's like the, the lately there's these like two metalhead girls that come up and dance the metal songs that's about it well i i don't know what the timeline for this was but i when i first started watching tiktok before the algorithm kind of really knew me um i'm watching people do like shuffles i guess where it's just like a constant beat and you're just like dancing to it. Yeah, I can yeah. totally see somebody doing that to this song just for the constant beat. And I totally would if I could get my legs to work that way. Um, but this song is 10 out of 10 danceable, but for $300 in the back room. A lot of uh, strip club stuff going on in your head for this one, eh? For the, the last It's a very songs, sexy yes. album, isn't it? It ends quite quickly, but for the last three songs, yes. Oh yeah, this this song's uh, is it the shortest? Hold on, yeah, I think it is, just barely. But yes, it is. Three minutes and forty six seconds. Second shortest being "Sin" at four minutes and six seconds. There you go. Dang, I didn't realize how long these songs were. Neither did I, and that's Some saying a lot like considering it. I've known of this album for a long time. But just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I listen to the album. I don't count the seconds. I just kind of have it on. So I mean, yeah. like. Some songs feel longer than others, but I mean, other than that, I don't really think too deeply into it. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we'll move on then. Uh, yeah. Song number four, Sanctified. You know what my first comment is going to be on this. How song. sexy, backroom dancing, something, something, 10 out of 10. Uh, no, it's just capital letters, bass with multiple S's. Oh, yes, the terrible MIDI bass. Gotcha. I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> It's fantastic. I've, I've, I, I've I love how snappy it is. It's so snappy. Uh, I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I have a problem with certain synth sounds. And some of the, it's because some sounds don't age well. Like, I can deal yeah. oh, with. Oh, this one aged terribly. Like, but obviously, I love like, it. there are 80 sounds I can deal with and they're fine. Like, oh, it's definitely of its time. But then there are things that just don't age well. Like, the, the, the choir sound in the beginning of this, the. That's very that. Depeche Modi, and then the ter- uh the, the absolutely terrible mini bass, terrible oh, mini. Anyways, that was a bad joke. Um, it was a terrible lie joke. Anyways, uh, regardless, neither of them age 
Well, that's you, you needed no you needed to explain that to me and then i played it in my head and went oh my god <laughs> yeah I, I didn't even set that up properly anyway so that's probably why i felt the need to explain it regardless <laughs> bad choices uh maybe some uh nine channels fans feel that there's like some charm with it i guess kind of like with trent rapping yeah but again with how badly this these sounds of age like it's hard for me to like truly enjoy this song I'm trying to think, yeah, it's the 80s, just let it be. But at the same time, I was like, eh, I don't know, man. There's only so much I can let go. I like it. Um, yeah, there's just there's just something about that sort of era of time, I guess, and just their really shitty instrument sounds. But now it's like pretty much anything that came... I can't even I can't even explain. There's just like this time period of all of these really shitty adult alternative soft rock songs that just sound so early 90s. And yeah. it's like you listen to them, you're like, this sucks. But then you retreat by yourself. You put them on going, I love this. This is awesome. There's so guilty pleasures. I love it so much. Okay, I, I, I don't want you to take any time to think about this. Just say the first thing that comes off the top of your head when I say yeah. something, okay? okay? When I say soft alt-90s rock, what is, what's the first thing that comes to your head right now? Right now, Amy Grant, and I don't know why. Okay, well, then uh, that's fine, because uh, because you just mentioned that, and you're like, oh, like all this stuff comes up, and the first thing that popped into my head was Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls. Even though it's not <laughs> technically early 90s, yeah, that's the first thing. That still is, that's the first thing that comes to my head, though, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if it had like snappy synth bass, then yes. <laughs> yeah, except, uh, if that song had this bass line, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't skip it every time I listen to that album. So uh, you've already referenced a couple times in Selden, but like uh, strip clubs and sexy yes. times and everything like that. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about sexy times, Trent is thirsty in this song. My boy needs it, with yep. especially that line when he says, "If she says come inside, I'll come inside for her." Boy, I'm blushing over here yep. <laughs> because like. It, it's it's kind of jarring to hear considering the album really hasn't given you that up to this point so it's just like dude we we went from like rapping about what oh by the way i gotta tell the down in it story so i'll do that in a second um we went from yeah rapping about whatever and down in it terrible lie about being angry at god had like a whole like you're greedy and i won't conform to you now i want to fuck you really yeah. bad like yeah. dude you, where is this album going like i get it's not a concept album but still oh no i think there's a concept Oh, oh yeah, for the yeah. other, for the song, for most songs from here on out are like about love, essentially. Yeah. You got to get the anger out of the way. And now he's healed. He's a different man. Let him back in. Uh, well, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, he kind of sinks from here on out and that doesn't get better until the 2000s, like uh, mental health wise. Yikes. Um, okay. I'm going to go back to down on it for a second because I wanted to tell the story and Nine Channels fans, if you, chances are you already know this one, so don't worry about it. I'm going to tell the down on it music video story. Uh, to those of you like Savannah who don't know the story, let me uh, kind of briefly run this by real quick. So down in it was the first single by Nine Inch Nails and they wanted to make a music video, but they had like zero budget to do it. They couldn't do anything. So a lot of it was just like shot with a really cheap camera. They didn't really have any actors or anything. It's just like, it's essentially Trent being chased through Cleveland by like two dudes in black suits. And it's like really choppy frame rate. It looks weird and like stylistic in a way. Um, well, at the, the end of the video, he essentially jumps off a building and kills himself because he doesn't want to be uh, caught by these two guys. Yeah. And they wanted one shot of Trent laying on the ground and the camera panning upward, uh, like to just to kind of like zoom out, show him dead and just like, well, that's the end of that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
there's no good way of doing it from the angle. So what they did was they tied the camera to a, a couple of helium balloons to get the up thing. They didn't have a plan to get it back down. Oh, Jesus. So the camera goes oh, up. Oh, yeah. Flies like away. Thing. Probably gets caught in the jet stream, flies the fuck away. And they're just like, oh, shit. Well, we just lost that footage. Oh, well. So they were initially going to scrap the idea for the video. It's like, we lost the camera <laughs> and yeah. that had our footage on it. Um, the camera was found in a Nobody farmer. Nobody tied a string to this. Apparently they didn't. Yeah. As Jeez. I said, they didn't really plan it Kites out. existed, guys. Yeah. But these, they're all amateurs at this point. They, they had like no production budget or crew or anything. It's just like people just wanted to get the shots done quickly. Cause again, they couldn't close off streets. They had to get the shots done and get the fuck out. Oh, so fair, fair. Um, so if, so if you happen to get an empty sidewalk at one point, you shoot for that five seconds you have. Um, anyways, camera found in a, in a farmer's field, a little far away from Cleveland. I can't remember exactly where. The the farmer of that field, I believe, finds the camera. I could. This is where oh, they. Oh, and it's just a. Mm. Yeah. So um, this is this is where details get a little fuzzy. So please correct me if I'm wrong in the in the comments. But regardless, uh, farmer finds cam camera. It's like, oh, this is weird. What is this? Watches the footage. Uh -huh. Sees a dead guy on there. So he calls the police. The police look at it. Open up an investigation. The FBI gets contacted, oh and they they need to find out where because it's you just see this video footage of a guy running from people, and then he's dead. Uh, so I I can't remember the details beyond this, but like obviously like they found out who it was, trace it back. They're like, oh no, I'm very much still alive. It's fine, whatever. But this also made news at the time too. Like it was yeah. actually like on TV about it. It's like the FBI investigation, blah blah blah, and. But then it, it was just like a whole crazy thing that like the FBI had to get involved because they lost a camera on a balloon. So was this on TV after it had all been over or was it like we are actively looking for these people? This was found and it was like the investigation was on TV. I want to say that this was after the music video came out. Maybe this was just oh, kind of okay. a piece to air. I could Dang. be wrong. I can't remember the exact sequence of events at that point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just... God, that's there's egg on your face right there because I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, because then you, you're face down with the FBI. It's like, uh, uh, we want we're looking for this man. Oh, that dead guy. Yeah, it's me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is what we did. This is where we did it. And they're like, uh, yeah, you're still arrested. Uh, oh no. Well, no, he wasn't arrested. Everything like once they found out it was just like a like an oh, amateur shoot. They're just like, okay, well, just be careful next time yeah, because this yeah. could lead to much worse scenarios. Right? Holy shit. I don't think they'd give him that much leeway these these days. This former thought he found a fucking snuff video. I mean, like, Jesus, imagine that, eh? Oh my god. I guess that's a good way to get rid of it is just sort of put it in a put it on a balloon and just let something let the wind take it away and it's no longer your problem. <laughs> Some along the lines of that, I guess. But then I mean at the same time, if like your fingerprints are found on anything, you're done. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, them off. So that's the down in it story. I should have told that during down in it. I apologize. So let's get back to sanctified now. Yes. Uh, and I was talking about Trent being thirsty because man, it's like that first introduction of uh, Trent really wanting it. So there you go, buddy. Um, the, the song is kind of strange to me, especially with like the jarring moments of like sudden synth screeching in the chorus. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of an interesting addition, but it does feel pretty out of place. Like this feels a little more forced than other things I've heard so far. So I, I don't know. It's never really sat too well with me. Um, the chorus, I found that it didn't really do anything. Uh, I cannot elaborate. That's literally all I wrote. Um, there's something about ending, and this isn't just in this, it's just in general for me, at least. 
There's something about ending a line with a hard R that sounds weird, like ending the line with her. It's just it doesn't sound her. pleasing because it sound it just it's so jarring to hear. And motherfucker rhymed her with her. Come on. Sure did. Come on. You you missed the chance to say fur somewhere. That's my mid nineties trend right there. <laughs> well, I mean, with how thirsty the song is, if you wanted to use the rhyme fur, he could have fit that in perfectly. Exactly. exactly. On inside your fur, like something like that. You could yeah, have done see, it. The way that it sounds, like with the hard R no, at the end, it's just I hate it. First so off, can much. we acknowledge that in twenty twenty three, hard R means something completely yeah. different now? Well, yeah, Trent, but how Trent Reznor was to not say using that? hard R's in this he album. Was, <laughs> I promise he you, he was using an um, emphasized last letter of a word. Uh, it, it was her. That was the word. That was it. it. Was her? I, it I, just, it I just love the so context weird. of it now. Just like hard R. He was using a hard yeah. R. It's like no, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and don't rhyme her with her. Uh, I hated that. It was just it made me cringe. Um, bass is really carrying the score here. I found the song was a little long for a track that doesn't really change up musically too much. Um, I think this is a two out of ten danceable, uh, maybe interpretive dance. Um, I'm going to tag on to that last one you said about how long it is, because I said that yeah. this, this did not need to be nearly six minutes long. It's five minutes and 48 funny. seconds, by the way. Um, it's, it's not as, ex gone. it's not as exciting. Would you say 348? I said 340 and we're done. Oh, I, I, I thought you were like, no, the song's 340. Oh God, no. That's, that's <laughs> not true. It should be, but it's not true. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's not as exciting as the other tracks and it doesn't really do too much other than like what you're given in the first minute yeah. uh not really a lot noteworthy so yeah i don't know just one of the weaker entries and even on like going back to like the live show because i've seen them like live eight times by this point i saw them play sanctified for the first and last time uh when i saw them in 2013 or 2014 on the tension tour and they changed up quite a bit and modernized it but it was still very like electronic and everything like that it was a little more fun, but even then it still wasn't all that great. I I don't know. It just This has always been a weaker entry uh, in their catalog in my eyes. It was the hard R is what it was. Yeah, maybe Trent shouldn't be using hard R's. Maybe I should stop saying that as well. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get sued for like libel or something like that. Oh, or slander, fine. I guess. Context. Pay attention to the context. I'm also assuming it would be libel too, because I'm assuming that's in your notes. So it is written. So there you go. Yes. Fair. All right, let's move on. The halfway point of the album, song number five, The Big Ballad, something I can never have. Seems like this was his first foray into film scores because it sounds like a slasher flick theme. This does? This slasher one does. flick? Oh, yeah. It's just like the constant like keyboards. It kind of reminds me of, uh, what is it, the theme to Halloween? Kind of gives me that vibe it gives me like eerie creepy vibes i guess i never really thought of it that way like i see where you're coming from when you compare it to halloween but oh did you know that trent actually redid the halloween theme by the way i can see that now john carpenter yeah. got him to do it uh for, for like like it was an anniversary remake on the vinyl and him and atticus ross re kind of like repurposed it interesting that's really cool it, it still sounds more or less the same but it's got like the nine inch nails touch to it so there you go there's your comparison right there perfect i wasn't too far off uh, but so I, I i don't really see that myself i just think it's like an iconic gothy ballad yeah well of course you wouldn't see it you have to listen to it <laughs> okay anyways 
<laughs> just wavering voice at the end. I'm done. I'm tired. Headphones um, on the table. I would call this, I would want to call it an underrated, like, staple in the catalog. But, I mean, that would be for outsiders looking in because, like, yeah. fans love this track. It is very iconic in, in the, the entire discography. And there's even a version on, they, they have an album called Still, which is like half like piano and acoustic renditions of certain songs and then half like in sad instrumental tracks, essentially. Uh, um, yes. It was made in a very dark period of Trent's life. Let's say that much. Uh, and they had this, uh, something I can never have on there, played through just like Trent on piano in like this big room. And it's probably the best version of the song that exists, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, a lot of people probably agree with that, too. But the idea was like, it has to come from somewhere and it came from this and people love this song. So... It's iconic. I want to. I, I always think it's underrated, but it's not. Um. It. I don't know. This one was okay. Um. I found it boring. Um. When he said the word "fucking" for the first time, it sounded so forced, and that he wanted to be edgy. Or no, he he said it to be edgy, not because he felt it in his soul. It's just like it's instead of "fuck you, mom." It's go. Fuck yourself, mother. It's like, okay, okay. Like you didn't have to. Like I understood before you said it. That found it that was weird. Um, I felt it was too long and it was signaling the middle of the album because I'm just guessing that the first song on side two is gonna be a burst of energy. Because more this, or less, yeah. That I feel there's no other place than for this to lead out of the first side into the next side because if this was what started side two i'd be like yeah i'm gonna just stick with side one thank you i I will say like yeah this is a quiet ballad middle of the album and it's more or less the only ballad there is um but the intensity of each track was like lessening to the point where we kind of reached this almost naturally so i kind of do like that progression and how we got here at the very least um i I really like the industrial sounds on the chorus uh like that I thought that's a really cool addition. Like, I love what they add, and they're not like super abrasive. It's like it's a fitting percussion since like anything else would be way too jarring at this point, yeah. especially with how quiet the vast majority of the song is. Um, and I don't know if you noticed. Did you notice the uh, quiet layer of birds tweeting in the background? I think I did, but I also listened to this with headphones with my window open, so I could have mistaken. Very easy to do. Actually, outside. Somehow the birds tweeting are very iconic to longtime fans, and I don't know why. But it's uh, just latch on to anything, eh? I I guess so. We're just desperate for (laughs) trends music, I guess. Feed me, Daddy, please. Daddy, trend, Daddy, Daddy. exactly yeah because i'm the only person who have ever said that <laughs> um the birds tweeting just kind of gave me this imagery I, I haven't really talked about a lot of imagery yet in this album but this one gave me an imagery of like someone locked away in their room reminiscing about a love that they can't have it's kind of like a high school poet vibe though but still i mean we just did the birthday massacre and i was talking about like high school poetry in that yeah. one well i mean this song has it written all over it <laughs> so this is taylor swift's you belong with me then literally anything in her fucking discography i do mention that later on um no dancing to this one comatose no this is the one where it says it's gonna be the really slow twerk no dancing comatose <laughs> in the hospital um put in a coma uh medically induced won't come out for six months and six then starts months. panicking because there's a new president and uh 
gay marriage is legal everywhere. People are going to think that you're homophobic for saying that because it made you panic. No, no. I can, I can, I just imagine what it's like for people in a coma to wake up after six months and everything in their world is completely changed. That's probably going to make them panic a little. Oh, AI will be like way better in six months. Right. And I mean, like we might not even be here in six months. Your, your nurse is going to be an iPad on a Segway. It's like those uh, restaurants in like Japan where it's like the robotic ones. Like, and they have like the cute little electronic faces and they come to your table slowly and they just open their doors and your plate is there ready to go and stuff like that. Like Wally. I've never seen those before. I've never seen Wally. I know what you're talking about. I've never seen Yeah. Them. I don't know. It's a robot. He just always looks like a sad, pathetic robot because they designed him with his eyes arching all sad and stuff. Just like, fuck off. Yeah. You're I, trying to chug my heartstrings on purpose. You're not even like naturally progressing me into it. Yeah. I cried at the end. I, like everyone I know cried at the end. Yep. <laughs> but I didn't watch it. So I don't know. I shed tears to the rescuers and that's it. Anyways, uh, I, that's all I got to say about something I can never have. Likewise. Okay, we're back. Sorry, there was a pause right there. I had to talk about Daddy Trent's Milkies. Anyway, song number six, kind of I want to. Speaking of Daddy Trent's Milkies, I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, goth chicks in the 80s and 90s said that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, oh, my God. I just cannot get over that. Um, so they really front-loaded this album with the bangers. Um, I... The song's okay, I guess. I mean, it kind of sounds like a callback to Down In It at least some parts of it for sure. Um, now I think there's a real guitar in this. Um, at this point, it kind of sounds a little out of place. Really? Personally. Yeah. I don't know. It was maybe I didn't hear while it, while it was amping up, but it just seemed like it was just kind of put there. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. 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 There's, there's been guitar in almost every song so far though. Yeah. I haven't noticed. Well, then, well, then it, it wasn't very like, I don't know, prominent like this one. Strange. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the song is kind of like a, a small amalgamation of like, had like a hole and down in it. But like, I do like how it brings the energy back from the previous track. Cause again, we're on side B now. So, I mean, they have to. And, and it, I, I thought it works. I've, I've always really enjoyed the song. Um, one thing I also like too is like the panning synth drum in the verses too, going from like left to right in the ear. Cause like every like, few like bar or two it's like switches up yeah. i like how it's not like too hard on the ears and just kind of like works to add intrigue to the song so it's always cool uh i think the course goes pretty hard considering what this album has given us and like i know it had like a hole and then like terrible lie had like those big stabbing points but like i don't know the synth is always really cool because it is mainly synth driven too so it's perfect um, and funny enough, uh, not funny enough, but I should say fun fact, the, the main riff, uh, riff in the course, like the synth riff is what got me to want to buy a synthesizer in the first place. Really? I just loved the tone of it. I loved the riff and I was just like, that's so cool. I want a keyboard. I'm not talking about one of those Yamaha Radio Shack keyboards. I'm talking about like an actual synthesizer, like a good one. I had one of those too. Okay. Don't worry about it. I'm I know, but it. I still do. And it's the only one I have. <laughs> I pointed it before, but behind me, I got the, the core Triton uh, LE, which uh, a lot of uh, big bands have actually used this in the past, too. And so, like, this is the first one I got, like, over a decade ago. And to this day, still have never learned how to play the chorus on the synth. Thank God. But I've made my own cool music, so there's that, I guess. Uh, whatever whatever gets it out there, I, I suppose. Uh, for... I don't know. I feel like... 
for me, I really like the beginning of the album. I feel like I'm kind of in a lull and just looking at your face while saying it is so different than me just shooting my mouth off while I'm doing a review. But when I have to explain why I don't like something to someone who likes it, uh, all I want to say is, no, it was great. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> to, to be fair, like, uh, like, hard. well, to, to be fair, two things. First off, maybe that face came up because like, I do really like this song. Yeah. Uh, but second, um, and I, I can reference this because it was my own damn video. I did make a video on my own personal channel like a long time ago of me ranking every Nine Inch Nails album, and Pretty Hate Machine was one of the lower ones ranked. Yeah. Personally, there's no nothing critical about that though. That oh, was just like my own preference at the time. Yeah. So like, if you don't like the second half of this album, if you don't like this album altogether, the thing is like, I get it. Yeah. Um, I mainly chose this album because like I know that you like the 80 sounds of things. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, Nine Inch Nails has an album that has 80 sounds. So like let's just see how they combine for you. I do do I think this will rank anywhere near year zero? Absolutely not. Like not even close. I one, that album had far too many songs that it couldn't have failed because if one failed, the other one pulled it up. So I mean yeah, the odds were in their favor. And for this one, I Despite owning it on CD a long, long time ago, I don't think I made it past track four, and I would just repeat the beginning of the uh, the album. So any of these later songs, this is my first time hearing them. So maybe they just haven't grown on me. But now that I have uh, sort of buffered all of that, um, this song feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. I feel like it, to me, it kind of switches a bunch. And because it kind of sounds like a couple other songs on the album and it's not just oh this coincidentally sounds like it it sounds like it's purposeful where it's like a, a purposeful callback which is cool um i just feel like there's lots of sounds Ooh. and just because you're at a buffet doesn't mean you should eat everything all at once um but that hasn't stopped me in the past <laughs> <laughs> fair uh, they've, they've kicked you out and it's still all you can eat yeah the, the, the homer simpson all you can eat debacle <laughs> right uh my last point three out of ten danceable really just shifting weight from one leg to the other to the beat really this one should get me way the fuck up there for danceable score yeah but it depends this song got how me you, move in depends how you dance i mean like sometimes you're just swaying back and forth and then other times you're dancing in the back room in six inch stilettos uh yeah this one to me would be like i did like the elaine bennis but like with an actual real rhythm to it though like on point like skanking kind of but i'm not like kicking i don't dance like that i dance like a real human being so three i don't dance at all so there you go (laughs) you're like hypothetically if i did i would I, I would just be a b-boy if i could dance you kidding me i'm terrible at dancing but i do it because it makes my soul feel good and i have all this pent-up energy that if i don't i will scream fair enough dance then why not right <laughs> just don't scream here <laughs> i was gonna say you've been with your partner long enough now where if you just started yeah. screaming for no reason they'd just be like yeah. Oh, it's that kind of day, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Any t- anytime he shows, he's like, oh, I'm so tired and I have an abundance of energy. I try and give him my energy by yelling at him. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just being weird and spontaneous and just like, okay, okay, I got you. Anyways, I'm going to get up and make dinner a bit. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to make toast for dinner. <laughs> um, I will say, yeah, like, 
kind of like calling back to the whole idea that like this kind of sounds like had like a hole and uh, down in it. The bridge is really fun, not entirely fitting in the track, but I don't mm-hmm. mind it. Uh, it doesn't exactly fit the mood of the track though, so it is a little weird when it comes in. Um, I like how messy the synth gets like later in the courses though. I will say that I think it like adds some really nice intensity without like going overboard on the other instruments. Uh, so I don't know. I, I find it like a lot of I like about the song. The lyrics are kind of tacky because I mean we're talking about a we're talking about a guy who like wants to cheat on his girlfriend with this other girl. And I love how the, uh, if you put this into a story so far, sanct like let's start with sanctify because that was the first real love song. It was like <laughs> I will ruin my life for you. Something yeah. I can never have is like oh that was just a dream. I, it's, it's something I can never have. This one's like I got the girl, but now I'm gonna cheat on her. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if any of this is biographical for him. I really don't know. So I don't know what young Trent was like in, in love. Instead of I will ruin my life for you, it's I will ruin your life for me. You can ru- <clears throat> ruin your own life in the process too. Cheating yeah. hurt both parties. Oh yeah. can. But if, if you're setting out to do it, then your whole point is to hurt the other person. And then if you're hurt, it comes along later. It's definitely not uh, immediate. Especially if it's a choice. They weren't supposed to find out. It wasn't supposed to hurt them. Okay, if that's your excuse, okay. Yeah, right. If that's that's how you sleep at night, why not? Exactly. (laughs) Song number seven, Sin. Okay, so two two points uh, at the beginning here. Uh, There is something about his voice dropping an octave or two for the last syllable of a line that just makes my skin crawl. There's, It's just it. I don't know. It, it makes me feel uneasy. And I don't know if it's just this song or in general, but if you're singing and then the last song is lower and I'm like, Oh, I don't like that. Cause I'm so used to it going higher up and having like an up speak, but someone who has like a down tone, it's just like, it feels weird. It feels, I don't know. It's uncomfortable. Again, I never thought about it that way, but yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Your need for me has been yeah, replaced. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. It makes me uncomfortable. Be, I don't to, know. To be fair, in his older years, he's more of a baritone singer now. Yeah. Um, the, I like his- the actual title track of With Teeth. Yes. Um, he hits a note so fucking low. I've tried, but like, uh, obviously you can hear me talk. I have a natural, like more higher ranged voice. Yeah. It's like a low D. I can't. It's down yeah. somewhere. You do it, and then you start coughing. <laughs> it, it's this ah uh, that tone, but an octave lower. I can't do oh, it. Ah, uh, but then lower than that. He's so, training his voice over the years. I like it. Well, he also just got older. He yeah. had drug and alcohol problems, so mm. it'll do Does he that. Smoke. He doesn't smoke. I don't know if he ever smoked either. Like he's just yeah. always a drug and drinker. But he probably smoked. Yeah, because that'll definitely change it over the decades and just sort of give you that rasp that some people try and replicate that you can only get from those Marlboro Marlboro Reds. I can never say that word. Well, considering some of the people that he's toured with in the past, uh, he's probably been exposed to a lot of that stuff. I mean, like, fucking one of the, I can't remember the guy's name, but the lead singer ministry, like, that was one of his, like... Oh, yeah. It's one of his like mentors and like that dude sounds like he hasn't stopped smoking since he was in the uterus. <laughs> I mean, like, like Lemmy. Ugh. Oh, that was, that was a lot of whiskey. That was mainly yeah. with like he smoked, but I guarantee that was a lot of whiskey. Yeah. Burns his uh, taste buds or whatever vocal cords. Anyways, point is let's get back to the song. Um, <laughs> Now, again, I go through this all the time. We don't do lyrical uh, analysis, but 
you did mention earlier in this review some juvenile uh, lyrics. Uh, I think that's coming up, but I do have a line here that I disagree with. Um, I gave you my purity and my purity you stole. You gaslighting bitch. I gave it to you. You gave it to me. Don't tell me I stole it. That will not hold up in the court of law. Yeah, I'm, trust me, I've always recognized those lyrics now. So I, was, yeah. I, I always snicker a little bit because I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, really? I, I had to go back and listen to it and go, no, no, that's exactly what he said. What the fuck is that? Well, and I've I always know. tried to interpret in my head, too. I'm like, maybe he fell out of love with this person. Maybe he wasn't meant to be in love with this person. Like, I'm trying to think yeah. of, like, what he was getting at. Like, it, it could be, maybe be like a, 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 a hookup. Whereas it's like, mm-hmm. I wanted to love you, but it was like literally just a hookup. Like, I, I don't know. I, I could be, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> and then, then it's like, he's questioning. He's like, yeah, it just fit the, uh, fit the rhyming scheme. I'm like, God damn it. But like other layers, like it comes down to this, your kiss, your fist. It's like, what's happening here? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> and your strain, it gets under my skin within take in the extent of my sin. So now you, now you're taking in my sin. You stole my purity. Now I'm giving you my sin. Like, what is this toxic relationship happening here? I, I'm just imagining, and I, I imagine this is in a movie um, where they're like standing face to face and the other person is just like, taken my sin yeah so the other person is standing there like facing him and all of everything inside a trend is coming out of his mouth and into the other other one kind of like some sort of horror movie but their mouths like they unhinge well let me jump to a point i have uh that could kind of resemble that actually because um uh, I would talk about the synth bridge in the middle of the song where it's like almost everything disappears except for like this kind of like like synth line. It yeah, sounds it like something like out of Mortal Kombat. It sounds like circus music. I thought it sounded like something on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. So I can imagine like Shao Kahn or something like that or Shang Tsung like literally holding you and sucking the soul out of your yeah. body. Yeah, and then, you go. So as you see him go... <laughs> like <laughs> just like that. You're yeah. works. Except they're not sucking it out. The the person is a unwilling participant and getting it. So they're like, no. And then it's just like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he, should write, so. he should write a horror movie. Has he, uh, has he scored a horror movie? No. He's done he like thrillers in a way. Like he did like Gone yeah. Girl, uh, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Bird Box, stuff like that. You should do like a slasher fic flick well he I, again flick. he he redid the intro for halloween yeah. so i mean that's something yeah. he's won many awards for his uh scoring so tell david fincher to make a horror movie because he literally only works with david fincher anymore good which i will send I, him a strongly worded letter I, I love david fincher so i would like to see him do a horror movie good i've just heard that guy's name first time right now so uh he did the movie for like fight club girl with the dragon tattoo social network uh never seen it never seen it alien so. three never seven never maybe with brad Pitt, that... morgan freeman what's in the box what's in the box no i maybe probably not though damn i always get seven mixed up with 21 and i think 21's about poker no not poker blackjack but they're in a casino i don't remember i mean probably because that is very much a blackjack thing 21 yeah yep. Um, I will say this is the danciest number on the album. Uh, fun synth and drum combo through the verses. It really drives it home. 
Uh, I know you're going to give it your own danceable score. Yeah. Uh, this is the yes, best yes. chorus on the album, aside from Head Like a Hole, for sure. It's like infinitely singable and catchy. So you got to give it that much at the very least. Like this one's like a lot of fun. Uh, very typical structure in this track, too, because again, it's another short one, four minutes and six seconds. Short in the sense of the rest of the album, because four minutes and six seconds can be long to some bands. Uh, but this has a very radio friendly vibe to it, minus the lyrics. So I, uh, I love the intensity of the last chorus, too. There's some fun things happening in this song, so I really don't mind it all that much. So you mentioning the chorus, um, at no point did I mention that I hated it, so I can assume that I liked it. Um, there are parts of this entire song that bring me back, like, head like a hole. Um, might be just like, what, the last one? Yeah, where it just kind of has similar chord structures, or maybe it's sort of like a little callback type thing. Um, I like the music. It's very new wavy. Um, thumbs up for that. And my danceable score is six out of 10. Um, if you dance in the way that used to scare older generations. So it might be like that Elaine dance, um, but kind of mixed with that. Uh, have you seen Wednesday on Netflix? No, but I've seen the dance the that dance? everyone references. Yes. Okay. That. Hey, it's Chris doing some editing. Just letting you know that we cut out a large chunk of video and audio at this point because it was just another tangent. It'll likely be available on Kofi. I'm only bringing this up because the context going into the next portion makes no sense at all and there's no proper way to cut back in. So I thought I'd just throw that in there to avoid any confusion. Okay, back to the show. Alrighty then, let's move on to song. Why is, why is that gross? I wasn't. I, was, I don't I was, know. I was shocked, I not that kind of shocked. Sounded like you were panting and then said old man, so I just said gross. That was all. Old daddy Trent turning 50. By the way, uh, when this episode comes out, Trent turns 58 on May 17th. Happy birthday, old man. Uh, happy birthday, if you ever listen to this. Probably not. And then we get a letter from his lawyers. Don't ever t talk about Nine Shells on the show again. <laughs> Don't ever state my age ever again. <laughs> the very public age. Is it? Is it fine? The episode? Yeah, yeah. I didn't listen to it, but don't ever state my age. Don't do it in public on your own either. You're not allowed to. <laughs> Fuck. Ridiculous. Get a lawsuit against him for loving you all this time. Jesus Christ, that's what I get, <laughs> huh? Anyway, song number eight. That's what I get. Oh Lord. <laughs> very. Okay. It's funny because. When you were reading the influences and the bands and artists that the producers were working with, but you kept saying Depeche Mode and knowing that there were a couple songs on here that I'm like, this has, you know, likenesses. This is a very Depeche Mode like intro. It caught my attention right away. Um, I feel like at this point, I kind of want more music and less vocals. Some of the vocals I feel just cover the music and it's like you can take a breath and leave a little bit of space and knowing like having listened to some Nine Inch Nails like 20 years from when this was released he definitely got it down it is much better when it comes to like it's the debut composition. album yeah but like there are some albums their debut it's like oh this wasn't that good and then every album Push. after that ACDC Fuck them. Yeah, but those um, Bon Scott days, and those were the better days. Hot take. Brian Johnson sucks. Hot take. No, that is not a hot in this show. That is a that is a legit hard concrete take. I will never fight you on that. I do not like ACDC at all. Um, 
but uh but i kind like you know that he's really uh sort of worked on the composition of the the songs and whatnot through the decades through the years and listening to this is kind of like it definitely seems very first album seemed kind of demo-y um and i do just want to listen to more music um i know i can find it but that's how I felt as soon as I heard this. I was like, yeah, I just don't want him singing. You're, you're, you're not going to listen to another Nine Inch Nails album unless we review it on the show. I can almost guarantee it. If I might I said, listen to With Teeth on my own because I know I've heard it before. Hey, that was that's, the album that, that's the album that got me into Nine Inch Nails in the first place. Uh, that was the one that I saw um, only on Much Loud and I really liked it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Then I, I branched out from that want, one song. Do you want to take a wild stab at who directed the music video? David I, I Fincher. Have, oh, I was gonna say I will have no idea. I really like that, like the the pin pin thing. I thought that was really cool. It's an interesting concept, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't we'll, like this. It's well, and again, this is the debut album, so yeah, like obviously he's he needs to find his footing. And I would say that for any band, I'm not gonna give Nine Channels the pass just because I love them. Because like obviously. Yeah. I have my issues with Pretty Hate Machine. This song in particular, too. I mean, like, obviously not uh, super fantastic. Uh, The the vocals sound desperate, but not in that good emotional way that you can kind of, like, connect yourself to. Like, this just sounds like a whiny little dude. (laughs) Just like, you took away my self-confidence, you. (laughs) Okay, so I wrote this for a different song, and I'm not going to tell you which one because I decided not to read it, but... With you saying that, I'm going to read it verbatim because it definitely explains what you just said. Vocals are nasally and whiny, less aggressive than the last one and more mopey and pathetic. Yeah, this one's a a little, uh, it's it's a little out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it pulled back a lot of the energy and so that that felt a little weird to me. There was solid tracking up to this point too, but this one kind of pulled back on it. Uh, The instrumentals leave a lot to be desired, which can definitely be said uh, for the chorus as well too. Like, I don't know. The chorus felt so minimal until the end of the song, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because the second chorus picked up like a bit of the intensity from the minimal first and uh, like it would, that makes sense to do. Uh, But then, yeah, the final chorus is kind of what I was looking for, especially with the inclusion of drums, but then it was too little too late by that point. Which, again, bands have done this a lot where it's just like, yeah, the first chorus maybe not so intense, then it picks up, then it picks up. But you do it in, like, better increments and add more and more to the point where, like, it feels full and complete. This is his debut album, so of course he's not going to know that entirely yet, so you learn lessons. And spoiler alert, look at the rest of his fucking career. He did. I mean, literally five years from now would be the, like, one of the most, not only the most seminal Nine Inch Nails albums, but, like... One of the most important albums of the 90s or music history. Yeah. Uh, We will have to do that one one day. I I will say that much. But for now, we got to do the debut. That is the downward spiral, right? That is 100% the downward spiral. The Fragile is still pretty important. That came in 99, though. um, This one and uh, Downward Spiral are the ones that I hear talked about the most when it comes to influence. I think this one, because it was sort of innovative and it was the first uh the second one for all of the reasons you've already stated oh my god like th- there's I, we're, we're gonna have to do this part because there's a lot to unpack there that's gonna yeah. be another two and a half hour episode oh lord, lord that's oh, okay. it's such a good album oh my god snacks. that is solid s tier album anyways though <laughs> that's just that until we end up doing that uh yep. yeah i i mean 
there's not too much more for me to say about the song other than like it feels pretty empty and unfinished so you're right about the whole demo vibe of things and yeah. again a lot of these songs were reworked from the demo of purest feeling uh so i feel like not a whole lot changed between the demo and the album release it uh yeah, I still think they front-loaded the album. I can definitely and confidently say that Welcome here. to the 80s. <laughs> um, if this song was a food, it would be crustless white bread. And the lyrics, quote, Why is it come as a surprise to think that I was so naive? Maybe didn't mean that much, but it meant everything to me. Is such a Taylor Swift line. My God, if any line could scream white girl teen diary, it's this. Maybe she grew up and she was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. We don't know. That would be sweet. <laughs> was she not born in 89? Doesn't she have an album she called 1989? She does, yes. Well, there you go. And that's why she called it this. So who knows? Maybe she, as a kid, like she fucking grabbed the copy of the Downward Spiral. I really like this for some reason. And then she heard Pretty Hate Me. She's like, oh my God, relatable. Hashtag relatable before hashtags were a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that does not doesn't explain why the bullshit's on this album well she had to get it from somewhere yeah 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 yeah. i don't care what she wrote she is a white teen girl or was at the time um but uh but just these lyrics suck no i i agree <laughs> like it's just straight up suck like so the the next project to follow this was an ep called broken uh which is fucking it's a fantastic it's super it's so much heavier, angrier, and louder. Yeah. It, it, so one thing I didn't mention was uh, very quickly after getting sent to TVT and doing this album, he got into arguments with the label because they essentially wanted Pretty Hate Machine Part 2. But oh. he was he was kind of like growing out of that sound a little bit. He's like, no, I got these ideas. Like, no, 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 you're going to do like have like a whole part two. Uh, so secretly behind their backs, he rents out a studio and fucking records Broken, which is just fucking blistering anger in that fucking album which is where one of the most like cult classic favorite nine Inch Nails songs come from which is happiness and slavery probably the angriest song they have in their catalog mm. uh and like it is night and day difference i think broken came out in 92 so like three years after this album comes out yeah. like the fucking like loudest angriest project comes out just like probably drugs. holy fuck that's where that comes from and then immediately following that the downward spiral so that's where he finally got his freedom because he was no longer with tvt so he just like i'm gonna do whatever he starts his own label nothing records uh but he still works through interscope though but they gave him creative freedom so it well, goes to it goes to show you that tvt kind of nearly fucked trent's career hmm. until well, interscope's like yeah just do what you want it's fine <laughs> i really hope that this little uh little uh record label of his takes off and i hope that he has a nice fruitful career in the the future he sounds like a good young man well he did sign a young musician by the name of brian warner which uh, apparently he went on to do uh some pretty big things yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm trying to remember who else was on nothing records like there, like it was a very minor thing like it wasn't meant to be a major label uh, he kind of just did that to have his own moniker yeah. uh yeah, I don't really. Now he has his own. Like, it's no longer nothing records. It's like the Null Corporation now, which is mainly just for him to release albums under. So I don't know. Yeah. A little more but, freedom, right? Yeah, because he's not even with Interscope anymore. So that's another thing, too. Cool. All right. Let's move on then. Number nine, The Only Time. Okay. Finally, him saying fuck here sounds so much more natural. It he doesn't wants the sound... devil to fuck him in the back of his car. <laughs> yeah, like you, you can tell he means it. It comes from his soul. That first one sucked. This one, good. 
I like this. The music is odd, but interesting. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it other than it was just sort of, it wasn't off-putting. It was just kind of like I was spending more time listening to the music than I was anything else, sort of that bass layer. And then I had to go in and listen to all the layers, but the, the first, it just sort of caught me. Yeah, especially with the chorus, because there's a lot going on. Like, like this is this is one of the more experimental tracks, I feel, on this album when it comes to composition. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, yeah, it, it does feel strange, but I, I do like it. And I will also say, too, yes, that weird pop slap bass comes back into this from Sanctified. But as compared to Sanctified, I like this one better. It fits much better in this one. It definitely has a sexier vibe to it, so it fits what's going on in this one. Uh, so I like that. Um the tame verse was a little worrying, uh, coming off like the bare bones of like the last track, but then the chorus of the song again just kind of livens everything up. So I think that's really cool. Um, I would like to hear this without vocals, not because I didn't like them, but because I liked the music. Um, good thing they placed this song at the end. I was starting to lose hope, so my happiness rose a little bit more here. Um, the end of this song sounds like a child's toy that's losing battery power um felt a little bit long but it was interesting enough that it i stuck with it for the entire time it's just funny that you mentioned the vocals and i know that you said you not that you didn't like them in this song yeah i actually really like the vocal performance in this track uh it was kind of all over the place uh and but the second verse was also really great at showing that where it's like you your good quiet moments good intense moments like, it sounds like he gave more of a shit doing this one. So, like, yeah. I, don't know. I I feel like there's a lot more to appreciate vocally in this song than some of the songs we've heard on the back half, especially that's what I get. Like, that was one of the weaker ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the chorus is just packed with all those different layers and textures, too. It's it's so cool. It all melds, melds together really nicely. And um, I've been trying not to make too many notes about, like, live comparisons to songs, but although I did in yeah. the beginning, but I've been trying not to do that for the entire album. I will say, though, real Nine Inch Nails fans know about the inclusion of this song, uh, this song's bridge in the live version of Closer, uh, oh. which took me by surprise the first time I heard it. So, yeah, like the bridge of this song appears in the bridge of Closer, because the bridge of Closer is, like, quiet, like, and it kind of builds up to the finale of the song. But then they added, like they made it more intense with like the closer bridge in, uh, I mean this bridge in closer. So I don't know. That's really cool. Uh, it's an absolutely supreme edition, although it has nothing to do with this review. I just wanted to mention that because I mean, nine channel fans know, know what's up. I only have a danceable score. So I want to say that at the end, I'm kind of done seven out of 10 period. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah. Cause this one's got quieter moments, but the chorus is really pick up the energy. So that works. Yeah, so you kind of get that little relax and then you're in. So it's not 10 out of 10, but uh, it's on on the good side of five. What was your 10 out of 10? Was that head head like a hole? Oh, let me see. That is head like a hole and down in it. The only ones that were 10 out of 10 so far. Cool. Look at that. It's two singles too. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to the final track then. Ring finger, as if this album was already about love. Can you imagine ring finger? I wonder what that means. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ring your finger. Sure, why right, not? That starts think? with a W, never mind. I was going to say the loan sharks are coming, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, the ping-ponging between left and right sides, you had mentioned that uh, earlier in the album. Yeah. It just kind of goes back and forth. That is definitely all in like engulfing 
Um, it didn't annoy me at all, which normally it does. So yes, I know. And that, that's why I was thinking about that, that when I heard fine. it too. Yeah, it was fine. It was like, it wasn't, I, th- I feel like the mix wasn't too loud. It wasn't too much. And I felt like because in the context of the instruments used and the sound that I'm expecting, I'm expecting stuff like that. So I feel like my brain's just not caught off guard as much. Yeah. Um, the pre-chorus is eerie horror flick keyboards again. <laughs> I like it. I'm down for it. I just wanted to mention it because like, I want to hear more of that. It's cool. I will say that that stereo bounced back and forth with the, uh, the synth and everything like that. Yeah. Like it tickled my ears a little bit with the headphones, but I do like that. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was pretty neat. Cause yeah, you're right. The mix isn't like all that intense on it. Like the notes aren't all that sharp in tone and anything like that. Yeah. So it's just kind of sharp. I hate the sharp ones. It, it, it works to like add intrigue and everything like that to the sound. So it kind of keeps your attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first verse is a little lackluster, but the second and third verses have like great pickups in them and everything like that. It kind of makes the track a little more fun at the very least. But that that's kind of like a common thing to do too, where like the first verse or first course might be a little weaker. We we already kind of talked about this like a song or two ago, anyways. Yeah, this one did this, but yeah, it was pretty lackluster in the beginning, but picks up, so that's fine. Uh, the course, yeah, pulls back on the energy. It, it kind of goes in that like more atmospheric feel, but I think it kind of works here because it grounds the song out a little more and just kind of like lets you breathe a little bit. As I said, dark atmospheric vibe. Uh, as compared to those pulsing verses, that's the best way to describe the verses, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice use of both feelings though. Everything's kind of combined. Well, nothing feels like, Oh, why did they add this? This feels strange. Right. Like, it, it feels like it fits. So I actually, I don't mind that. Uh, and the only other note I have, um, another song that has like notable guitar in it, I guess. And like, it's a, like a very bluesy guitar towards the end of the track. I like the little bit of extra life that it adds to close everything out. So it was pretty interesting to hear. And, in foresight, although he probably wasn't even thinking about it at the time, to end this the album on like guitar riffs is showing what's about to come in the next Nine Inch Nails project because like obviously there's electronic elements, but Broken is very guitar driven, mm-hmm. like super heavy guitar driven. So like it's kind of like that weird foreshadowing, even though he didn't even know type thing. But like you kind of hear that, and then you pick up to. Uh, broken and you're just like oh wow he actually really went all out on the guitars on this one interesting that kind of reminds me of um now i didn't notice this myself um i was actually told that dream theater starts and like starts their album how the previous one ended so like if if it ends with like rain against a window then the next album will start with rain against a window and then it goes into the new album trying to keep up that uh what's that word i'm looking for not consistency it's kind of like that uh continuity ah yes i never even noticed at all i've never actually gone to listen to the last and first tracks of different albums but uh i i take their word for it um now you mentioned the guitar i mentioned it was a good addition here um i actually liked it i agree with most if not all of what you said about this one, um, I feel like they threw every sound available into the ending. They're like, okay, we have like 81 keys on this pad, touch all of them. But it seemed fitting for the end of the record. It was sort of chaotic. Um, didn't feel that it was very danceable. There are certain parts of it, but I gave it a four out of 10. Uh, I've had better. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
She literally did. Savannah just I, said that. I know what I wrote. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, Ring Ringfinger's never been like a huge track to me to listen to yeah. uh, on this album, but like listening to it critically, I think I enjoyed it more than I do casually because I was like noticing more things about it. So I'll give it that much at the very least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, overall, just kind of a, I mean, I, I think it's like a decent career kickoff with this album though, altogether. I mean, it's got some great staple tracks on it, uh, but spoiler alert, uh, things get tremendously better from here. Good. Good. I look forward to hearing more because I, I don't know. There are certain bands that we will do repeat albums and then comparing those albums. If I gave one a sort of shitty score, you hear another one. You're like, oh, my God, like you start rethinking your score of the other one. You're like, well, I like this one so much. Was I too hard on the other one? And then you listen to that going, no, no, they just got better. This one actually did suck. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. Well, it's funny because that your like full first introduction was year zero, yeah. which was like 2006 or 2007, either or. Um, but yeah, like, so you got to hear that. Trent's already kind of come into himself at that point, like long into his career and just trying a whole bunch of crazy shit. But now you get to hear the very beginning of it. Yeah, it's where it started. And also all those producers, no, obviously did not follow him to future records. I think he yeah. had a follow with Flood as well, who was like that big producer. So there was a, that too. Mm-hmm. Is he is he known as being sort of controlling? Not Control. not like a yeah, like not aggressively, but enough where he has a vision and if someone isn't able to help him see it through, he's like fine, I'll just do it myself and is that where these fall like falling outs um, come from or maybe I I'm not certain like 100% certain about the story with Flood. I just know about TVT and there was like a lot of creative differences. It could have been the same yeah. thing. Uh in his earlier years, yeah, uh, actually for the downward spiral like he was considered a perfectionist yeah so like that was a tedious album to make apparently but also like incredibly interesting because like of where they recorded it and everything that came along with that mm-hmm. but then, like i think in his later years like it's mainly just like him and atticus ross in the studios and it's just a very kind of like relaxed open environment now where it's just like let's try some shit and see what happens well it's good like, obviously he's... he's older now so i mean like there you go yeah and he's not like I don't know, trying to push himself into success. It's kind of like I've had success. I'm currently having success. I I can control more of what's going on with me and whatnot rather than, you know, hoping that somebody will lead you in the right direction. Now you're just like, no, this is the direction I want to go in. If my sales aren't good, doesn't matter. I have a back catalog that's, you know, given me royalties. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And I always respect artists that give themselves that freedom they don't ask for it they take it i like that well yeah and like that's kind of downward spiral i mean like and if if you want to take that as any sort of like token as like trent's ideas for creativity i mean like there's a reason why people call him a genius in the first place yeah i mean we talked about that a lot that's gonna have to happen one day (laughs) it really will wink nudge it probably will at some point <laughs> uh but with that said that we can close yeah. the book on nine inch nails pretty hate machine and really discussing the last album for season four god it still feels weird that we're all the way at the end of the season Woo. take a little break come back all tan and worldly ready to World beat travel. your more albums exactly go go get a hand massage crack my knuckles so i can write these shitty reviews oh i cannot wait
Exactly. I, I, I'm right there with you, except for I'm not right there physically with you. <laughs> but yes, thank you very much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. Or not, we're not all the way at the end yet, but we're at the end of the review. So thank you very much for making it to the end of the review with us. Uh, so make sure you let us know what you think of the uh, album down in the comments below, wherever you're listening, because our, our comment section's everywhere. Yeah. Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Like, what are your own individual thoughts? Curious to know, please let us know that. We are again super curious we're also curious about other things too like song rankings album ratings so i guess we'll get into those parts now because it's just more things to do on the podcast so above our heads boom graphics have changed there are names there are numbers and there's going to be more names specifically song names because we got to rank these songs now from what we feel was not so great to great to least favorite to favorite to sucky shit to absolute banger whatever you want to classify it as that's what we got to do exactly how many do you think we're going to match I'm just looking at my list going, I don't, I think two. Least, at least. I'd be hopeful for one, but I'm willing to say zero. Oh, yeah? I don't want our final episode of season four to be a zero, but I, just, I, I don't know. Maybe one. Some things kind of felt like it lined up with what I was saying, but at the same time, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those one-off, one-off deals where it's like, I like this song, but you liked it just a little more or less than me. So yeah. Maybe yeah. one of those weird things. And then like our number one and number 10 are just like completely polar opposites. Oh I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's even possible for this one. I still stick with two. Just hopeful optimism. Well, let's find out where we, exactly where we sit on all this time to actually rank the songs. So let's get it started. Song number 10. That's what I get. Number 10. Something I can never have. Wow. It was that bad. Eh? No, no, no. That's a lie. That is definitely a lie. I cannot count. Cool. Number 10, the, the yeah. very first song on the list. Yeah. No, number 10 is uh, That's What I Get. Hey, okay. There we go. We matched. They're, they're not. Uh, yeah. I cannot count. My Holy bad. shit. I was you know my number nine now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's fine. But like, I was like, there's no way you could have hated that yeah. as much considering some of the things you were saying about other tracks. Well, with my list, I have them in order and then I have the actual score. And um, yeah, I messed up a little. So my bad. First time I've messed up this part in. That's fine. I, I I'm the one who usually like skips numbers, and you have to like correct <laughs> right. me. Right. So I don't feel too bad, but we did get one match with yeah, one and already. And so, I, as yeah. I said, I don't. I didn't think that our tops and bottoms were going to be like polar opposites. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. Well, my number nine is Sanctify, and just for the sake of uh, continuity, what's yours? Something I can never have. There you go. Just want to write that in. Number eight, Ring Finger. Number eight, kinda I want to. Maybe so just for tonight. To yeah, kinda. I want to. And like my <laughs> right. my uh, like my Windows uh, my WordPad here is like trying trying to like correct me. It's like I no, I know how I'm spelling it. Trust me. Ring fingers <laughs> one word too, and that wants to correct me on that too. Yep. Uh, okay, number seven, sin. Number seven, sin. Cool, two Matt. There's your two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, c- can I just mention something too? Um, so sit. Sin has got to be the luckiest song in the world now because, at least on my list, it was song number seven on this album. Yeah, uh, it's our both of our number sevens, and I scored the song a seven. Uh, I scored it a seven point two. Oh, so I ruined close. it with the point two. No, but for my there. list, at the very least, I got the yeah. I got the jackpot seven seven that's seven pretty, going on. That's pretty good. And I did not plan it that way. I my my ja- um my slot machine would be seven, and then that last one would go clunk and then i would lose <laughs> yeah, it'd be like halfway like the line is there it's like, oh, fuck. Right, right and it, it's like a sign to tell you to get the fuck out of the casino <laughs> so, song number six something i can never have uh number six ring finger promise carved in stone offer it to me uh number five the only time 
Number five, the only time this is wow. fucking sweet. Uh, won't get the next one though. I'll tell you that much. Probably not. But I'm just I'm looking to see what's the possibility of getting four because there's three tracks left to match. Yes. Out of four songs. Yeah. Uh, and they could see. be in any order. That's the thing. Oh. This is the part that always kills us. Uh, number four, down in it. Number four, sanctified. Okay, cool. God, that was way up there on my list. That, that's your like as about as polar opposite as it gets now. Number three, kind of I want to. Uh, number three, head like a hole. Interesting. What song did you really like? Oh, I mean, okay. There's, there's, makes sense. Okay. Well, I'm wondering if this, this could be the telltale sign. Number two, head like a hole. Number two, down in it. Down in it. And number one, terrible lie. Number one, terrible lie. This is fucking. There scary. you go. Forty percent. This is awesome. Forty percent match. Forty percent match. We got four on the final That's episode. Holy wild. shit! I thought honestly that we were gonna get our number tens uh, matched. Uh, eventually, we did. Um, but I was guessing two because I was like, you know what? I'll throw a second one out there. Hopefully we match. I did not expect four. That was pretty good. And hey, can it's been a while since we've done this too. We've sandwiched it 10 and one. And then <laughs> yeah. we had things between. We sandwiched yeah, the right. score. Four out of 10. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I didn't think Terrible I was going to be your number one, but it's definitely mine. It's been mine um, ever since I heard the song. Terrible Line had like a whole, I, I both scored tens. So, and I, yeah. I, I was very close to choosing head like a hole over top because like this is way more iconic but there's something about terrible lie while i was listening to him like you know what this just hits a lot better i'm very glad that you did that's awesome four to ten we'll take it now pretty close with the matches let's see how we get close to the uh, album rating now we'll find Oof. that out so move the screen over this way or something i don't know whatever i do in editing <laughs> for the last time in season four i mean kind of technically because we still have to um no actually no, yeah this is the last time in season four that you'll see this the album rating screen oh my goodness and it might even look a little different in season five because i'm probably going to spend time over the break like redesigning it a little bit because as you can see we're running out of space again in the beta i think we have like two open spaces left uh oh uh, uh, breaking, breaking the fourth wall here once again for people who don't know we can't currently see the album writing screen it's something i do in photoshop after we're done the episode yeah and chris says read me the list peasant and then yes, I do. yeah we we do have like written scores in the google drive and that's about it so that's the only <laughs> that's the only reason why we know where anything goes Spoiler. but and is that really a spoiler that we keep stats on our episodes yes it is a it is a spoiler to the backstage you know it's a peek behind the curtain and uh y'all didn't pay for this peek behind the curtain so get back in the audience Exactly. So when we're done this podcast, you can exit stage left. There's this rush reference just because whatever. Anyways, <laughs> nice. uh, it's time to find out where exactly this album's going to go. Nine Inch Nails, yeah. Pretty Hate Machine debut. Now, obviously, the first Nine Inch Nails album. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that is that album like number five or six in our top ones? Number four, maybe? Which one is this one? The Year other zero. one? Uh, that is number five. Number five, five okay. with an 81.16 combined. Well, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Pretty Hate Machine didn't make that, but our first Nine Shells one is at least in the A tier, so that's pretty cool. I'm not certain how I feel about this one, but we're going to find out anyways, so I think it's yep. time to do that now. And, oh, what's that? You're going first? Fantastic. Oh, what's that? I was mentally and physically prepared. Now, um, the singles totally carried the album and my score. After about track five, I started to doubt Chris's happiness with my score. But by the end, when I actually added it all up, 
I feel like I've kind of redeemed myself and I gave this album a uh, 81.00. So just, just crossed that finish line into the A tier and then I passed out. So it's like the Boston Marathon. So like the perfect 81, no weird decimal point or anything like that? Not at all. Just complete 81. Uh, you, you did indeed redeem yourself because I did not anticipate you going that high. <laughs> right? I was, I, I was feeling like a 75 out of you or something like that. Yeah, the good ones really pulled up the uh, the other ones, but I didn't. There were only a couple that I scored low, but I didn't go too low because if they were playing, like if they came up on a playlist, I wouldn't change it. I would still listen to it. So, I mean, I might cringe a little if that's what I get. Came on. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Really so depends. Me being the resident Nine Inch Nails fan here, um, obviously, especially again, if you've seen my previous video of me ranking Nine Inch Nails albums, like I, I, I'm not super hot. I'm pretty hate machine. Um, but I will say even my least favorite nine inch nails album is still not a bad nine inch nails album. Uh, like I still, I still like everything Trent does. I mean, it's still great, but obviously he's going to release some not so great tracks yeah. with that said, my God, you beat me on a score for a nine inch nails. Album. This is not <gasps> crazy because I gave this an even 78, 70. Oh my God. Where's this now? So oh, 79.5. It is 79.5 exactly. Yeah. So we do have indeed have a B plus tier album. That's I don't know if that's the top one, but it's pretty damn close to top of B tier. Uh it is not. It uh it sits between Oasis and Tomahawk. Uh Oasis is at 79.31. Tomahawk uh 0.3 better than that. So nestled right in there. And then if this one is sitting there then there's one two three better in the b tier okay so it's, it's up there at the very least yeah i gotta say it's, it's already higher than i anticipated it being uh because i c tiered this album on my own list and that yeah. was without critiquing that was without breaking down shit like we did today so obviously i found more i liked about it by doing that but just in a casual listen i've never been huge on pretty hate machine but hey look at me learning Yay. things about myself today or maybe i've aged just enough to appreciate it Yay, look at me. I got better on the wrong album. Woo! Yeah, you put year zero in the 70s and fucking Pretty Hate Machine in the 80s, but then that's you liking I, the 80s stuff, so. I did not do such a thing. You must have, because I put I, out like an 86. I am looking at this now. Oh, you were like shit. High 70s. I am such a bad person. I know you are, but what am 70, I? 75. And then you How did 86. Sense? How does that make sense? I, I Listen, I, I get you like 80s stuff. I get it. But I mean, like, how does that make sense? If I don't understand, then clearly it does not make sense. Oh, I smell an album redux coming real soon. We have okay. six weeks off. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Anyone that I look at and I'm outraged, <laughs> like, I feel like deserves something. Especially in comparison to other albums. Like, I heard you talk more shit on this album than you did Year Zero. So, like, that yeah. says a lot. Dang. You have 16 songs you're not allowed to. <laughs> Uh, in season eight, we'll do it again. Oh, great. No, no, no. Redux is gum. That's your own solo video. It's like five minutes long and I changed the score. That's about it. Good. Cool. And with that, we'll just swipe back over. Boom. We're back on regular screen. Now, hey, look at us faces and everything uh, for the final time in season four. <gasps> Technically, uh, you will see us again, because if you know anything about the end of our seasons, you know that we have our like, we're not 
there for the best of. But we uh, next week we have our ranking number ones video, but I'll get into yeah. that momentarily. Because right now I have to close out this episode and this season officially. That is the end of Nine Inch Nails Pretty Hate Machine. Us discussing it, us ranking songs, rating records, and talking about music for 18 fucking episodes. You don't think it's going to be as long as it is until you finally get to the last episode. Like, look how much we've done. Like, the tea party feels like an eternity ago. And that yeah. was the beginning of season four. Well, you always say like, you'll, you'll lead with this episode, whatever. And saying 78, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I know what 78 is, but you don't really quantify it until you're going through, like for you and I going through the list of ones that we've already done or referring back to Nirvana's Nevermind. And it's like, that was like two years ago, year and a half ago. And it's like, what? <laughs> You're yeah, really? I, I, like it I, wasn't that long, but it feels long too. Well, and I mean, consider that this album that we're giving away that I'll mention in a second, even though I already did, Arctic Monkeys, was the end of season two. This was episode 44. 44. Wow. It's been that long. Oh, Nearly man. 40 episodes ago, like 35 episodes at this point. Almost, Damn. kind of. <laughs> You get what I'm saying. Anyways, yeah, we've been doing this for way too long. So are we retiring? Of course not. You know, there's going to be season five. We've already alluded to it. Now we're contractually obligated to do it. And then season five just starts with a lookalike, like of us, both oh, of it'll us. It'll just be AI at that point. We're going to get the video, the audio, everything. We're not even going to do these anymore. Imagine. Oh, I have I have many weeks to uh, concoct my season five uh, debut. Oh, and I I want to I want to make it really look look un, look and sound very uncanny. You know, I want it to be kind of surreal. Oh my god! Yes. Well, anyways, yes, we are at the end of the episode. So thank you very much for making it all the way to the end of this episode with us. So again, we want to know your opinions uh, that you have on this particular album. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? What are your own thoughts on this? How would you rank songs? How would you rate the record? Let us know down in the comments below wherever you're watching and or listening to this podcast because, again, we just want to know your opinions. We're not alone on this. We want you to be part of the musical community, as I mentioned every single time for the past 18 episodes, for the past 78 episodes, no matter how long you've been here. I've said it every single time. So please, let us know. And uh, like and subscribe or we'll find where you live. Yeah, I was going to say that too because I usually bring that up. I always got to let you interject at some point so I can breathe. Yeah. And so I can get all this pent up energy while you're talking. I'm sitting there rocking back and forth. And then when you're done, I'm like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> Fuck. He said everything already. Right. I'm like, yeah, what he said, uh, rate the record.ca. Don't forget to go there. Yes, exactly. You can go there and find all of our social media links and everything, all of our streaming links where you can like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow all those things to help us build the musical community. You can also find the album request link because we want to we want to hear your request for season five. Hell, even into season six, we'll just keep carrying it on forever and always. It's, there's never an end to that. Oh my God, there's never an end to this podcast. You can never. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, that was it. It was just the, the double down on the never ending. Yeah, it's, never. It's, it's, it's just the shock that we're going to be doing this when we're 60. Yes. Yep. I was listening to a podcast recently and they're like, how old are you? And he's like, oh, 40. He's like, do you think we were going to do this at or at uh, at 50? He's like, I didn't think I was going to do this at 40. <laughs> like, I have no idea why people still listen to this. And I I, I share those sentiments sometimes, but uh, appreciative nonetheless. Once we hit season 10, we'll be having like midlife crisis panic attack type shit. <laughs> right. Um, and then another thing you do over on RateTheRecord.ca, as I said, just already lifted this in front of the camera, but for audio listeners, again, Arctic Monkeys, 
Uh, whatever people say I am, that's what I am not. Brand new vinyl copy that I have in my hands. Audio, you can hear that. Mmm, Asmer is so delicious. Daddy Trent, whatever, anything. Uh, yes, May 2023. That's what we're giving away. So by all means, hit that link. Enter the contest if you live in Canada, US, UK, or Australia. Good luck if you do. Uh, it's our like most popular episode out there. In the audio world, it's either Tool or Saul Williams, actually, crazy enough. Interesting. Uh, but for YouTube, for sure, Arctic Monkey is just like absolutely killing it. It surpassed Bungle, which is surprising. Nice. I like that album. I mean, go check it out and find out. That is like two seasons old. It's okay by now. Oh, we, we, if, we, if we're not afraid to spoil TV shows that are like two or three seasons ago, it's fine. We're, whatever. Go watch the episode, Fair. though. It's fine. What songs do we like or hate? That's what you don't know. <laughs> true true how many did we match you'll never know but aside from just uh closing out this episode i do want to say uh thank you for everyone who's been checking out season four any season of the podcast but we're in season four so i'm gonna make it specific uh if you watched a few episodes one episode all the episodes whatever you watch thank you very much for uh helping us grow our subscriber count's been growing our view count's been growing our community's been growing people interacting with us have been growing it's been good to see and we want more of that coming in season five so please uh hang around enjoy yourselves go binge the episode that they haven't watched yet even the older seasons the further back you go the worse we get but the idea oh my god <laughs> but Isn't the idea the is but the idea is we still want you to hang around and season five is going to be a hell of a lot of fun too so stick around it's going to be fantastic stuff y- yeah um is that oh, a I, for next I, week <laughs> i was gonna say i stole your fucking lines again that's no, fine lines quote unquote because yeah obviously all this is scripted that's why i ramble too much i i write how i speak so that's why it's rambling that that is fine you let me go and i will ramble about anything and then forget where i started so so uh season five will begin in june i can't remember the date off the top of my head but we're off for essentially six weeks right now actually it might even be beginning of july yeah beginning july is when we're coming back so there you go six weeks off but in that time you can still expect content from us so next week uh we will be back ranking all of our favorite number one songs from the season from uh least favorite favorite to most favorite favorite so you might want to check that one out those are always fun to do i always like doing those ones you get to revisit all the best songs it's so hard to do because it's like picking up a favorite out of all your children you're like i love all of you equally how am I to do this? And sometimes we, it's nerve wracking. We made this joke before and I told you my response, which whichever, whichever one shows me the most love is the one I love the most. <laughs> I, I You go ahead and suck up to me and that's the one I'll take. I'll take so, that 20. Thank you. So I love I, you, little Johnny. I, I have to find out which song sucks up to me the most. And we're going to find that out next week when we rank yes. all the number ones. The week after that, the best of season four that always follows the just to really truly close up the season. So all the moments that we thought were the funniest, even if they're not, whatever, I don't care. Screw you. We're going to show them anyways. <laughs> so make sure you tune in for that. Cause I always like making those videos too. Those are a lot of fun. We both have some, uh, I love the song videos coming out. So you can expect those in the coming weeks as well. Our NMRs will be out and I don't know, maybe just some weird bonus shit in the, we'll see what happens. Cause there's going to be a couple of weeks where nothing happens. So yeah, We'll see. Let's see how much content we can do or not do. Let's, I need to rest. <laughs> you, we need to rest. I uh, I have a BBL scheduled uh, over the break, so that's what I'll be doing. A big black, what's the L? A Brazilian <laughs> butt lift. Ah, okay. Yeah. We had different ideas, but kind of in the same range. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. All right. Well, before we let you go, we usually give you a sneak peek and an idea of what to expect next week. But again, we're not here next week, except for the ranking number one songs. What can you expect in season five? Because, uh, I mean, we schedule our shit out forever. But yes. still send in your requests. We're not afraid to just interject those whenever. So for season five, there's a few things you can expect. First off, a handful of bands are coming back, including through requests themselves. So you can anticipate that. There's two people in specific I know made requests this season. We didn't even really acknowledge it, but you probably know who who you are. They're bands we've done before. They are coming in season five, so don't worry. We just had to kind of give space between those bands. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, But also, we're celebrating our two-year anniversary in season five. It's going to be happening at the end of August. Long-time listeners probably already know what the album is that we're going to do, because if you go back and you kind of connect the dots, you know exactly what we're doing. (laughs) yeah and that's pretty much the theme of every year so you have an idea so maybe you can look forward to that if you like that thing i don't want to say what it is out loud uh there are a few album anniversaries coming up speaking of anniversaries uh, so there's a lot to kind of look forward to we're even kicking the season off with an album anniversary too it's not a rock album either there you go i'll give you that much of a clue so that's your clue for the next episode there's 20 25 and 35 year anniversaries coming up so that's gonna be pretty cool savannah's birthday album might be a little (laughs) controversial and as long as we don't so that's gonna be a lot of fun did it get i can't wait till we get to that one that one's gonna be cool yeah i can't wait to talk about the end of the year so that's november baby yeah yeah but that that's gonna be so fucking interesting when that pops up people are gonna be like oh god <laughs> yep we're turning this off and then we're just gonna sit yes here we are doing aha for his savannah's birthday laugh oh my god i've listened to new aha uh no shit it was a different band never mind i was gonna say that they're shit saying, but they're, they're not even around good. anymore yeah because one of the members is dead by the way is it actually are they george, actually george michael is dead no that's wham oh it is wham they're all the same to me whatever fucking they're literally all this 80s boy band whatever bullshit anyways and there's also one more thing to say about season five too so long as we don't we we are gonna have a mid-season break like we usually do but so long as we don't miss any other recordings we're gonna hit episode 100 in season five and we actually have we're planning something for episode it's very special for episode 100 so uh and it's gonna go beyond just us looking at each other on a webcam wink nudge anyways uh yeah. more details oh, to come way the fuck down the road because that's way then but this is now the end of se- episode 78 the episode of season four once again thank you very much for following us this far follow us into the fifth season it's gonna be a lot of fun so until then go listen to some awesome music like nine inch nails because they're awesome yes and we'll I see like you in, and we'll see you in season five so take care friends bye-bye <laughs>